Welcome to Easter Sunday 2020. I'm so glad that you're joining us uh, from wherever you are this morning. We thank you for being part of our online service as we celebrate the risen Savior, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we just, uh, we're excited about this morning's gathering. And as we gather together today from all across our city, all across our land, I just want to thank you for taking the time this Easter Sunday to be with us. I know we've got a lot of new folks that are joining in, and we'd love for you. I know we've got some, some of our Dream Team members that are in the comments, and we'd love for you to share that you're here. Just say, hey, I'm here. I'm watching from wherever you are. Let us know where you're watching from this morning, and we'd love to hear from you. But today we are celebrating the reason for Easter and the reason for this season and uh, I, I love those kids' videos. They're, they're a lot of fun. Many of us have the, the wrong idea about Easter. And Easter is the moment that we celebrate and remember the fact that Jesus Christ, though he died on the cross, that's what we remembered and looked at on Good Friday, he's alive. And he's been raised to newness of life. And so, woo, let there be light. And so wherever you are this morning, we want to thank you for joining us. And this is certainly a unique Easter in all of human, uh, human history. From 2,000 years ago, the first Easter was kind of an unusual one uh, as the disciples were gathered and all of a sudden Jesus was alive. And this is another unique one for the history books as we have our online gathering. And I just, I'm so thankful for the gift of technology in this season that though we are apart, though the church building is empty, uh, we are gathered together in one accord. So thank you for joining us today. And uh, today we're gonna, we're gonna look at the story of the resurrection, but we're also gonna look at a different story. We're gonna look at Acts chapter five as well. And for those of you who are new, you've never checked out one of our videos, you've never been to our, one of our services when we are still in person. Uh, we've been going through the, the, the book of Acts over the last little bit, and we're going to jump ahead a little bit because this morning as I was preparing, and, and this, this couple, last couple weeks as I was preparing for Easter, I felt like the Lord put this word for this day, and so this is a word that I believe somebody in the house, somebody in your house needs to hear today, uh, that Jesus is still alive. And so if you have a Bible, you can pull it out. And, and we're gonna talk this morning about the fact that our God is unstoppable. There's a lot of things that can be stopped in this world, but God is unstoppable. And there's nothing that can stop God from accomplishing his plan for our lives. And uh, we serve a God and have a God that can open doors that no man can shut. He can do things that would be impossible without him, and with God, they're suddenly possible. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a great example of God's power. That what was impossible, it's impossible for a man to lay down his life and to raise it back up, to come back to life of his own accord, and yet that's exactly what Jesus did. And this morning, as we look at the resurrection, as we look at what God did through his people after he had already resurrected and ascended to heaven, he did a miracle in the life of his people because God says there's things that I can do that no scheme of hell can ever overcome, can ever unravel. And so that's what we're gonna look at today. And you know, I say this at our Next Steps class uh, quite often. If you've never been to our Next Steps class, uh, by the way, that's one of the ways that we, we allow folks to, to learn more about our church family, to get connected, but more than just a being about us, it's a pathway to discovery of your purpose and your gifts 
We're doing those classes online right now. I think there's some information uh, on our website that you can sign up for one of those, but we'd love for you to be part of it. But one of the things I say every time we do next steps, specifically step number three, it's all about discovering your purpose, is I say this. There's two really important days in our life. There's a lot of important days, right? The day we're married, maybe, if you're married. The day that your child is born, if you're a parent. There's important days in our lives, but the two most important are the day you're born and the day you discover why you were born. In other words, the day that you, you come alive to the purpose that God has made you for. And of course, it's an important day as we realize that we are made to be in a relationship with God. And so as we come alive to the purpose of God for our lives, something happens to us, something happens within us that even the same things that I've been doing all my life, maybe, maybe it's something that I'm passionate about, maybe something that I'm gifted by God to do, but when I do it with God, it changes everything. And it brings a sense of purpose and fulfillment that never would have been there. Now, I want to give you a little bit of backstory before we go straight into Acts chapter 5. If you haven't read the, the book of Acts, it chronicles the early church. And just as the video shared that we started our service with today, uh, meeting in homes and, and being kind of separated in a lot of different ways wouldn't have been unusual for the early church. But they were meeting together, and, and right after Jesus ascended to the Father, uh, the, the apostles, they, they gather together, and there's a crowds that God brings together to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And today, I'd say to you, it's not by mistake that you're here joining us on Easter Sunday. And so from wherever you're at, I believe God has a, a message for you today, if you'll check it out and, and just say, Lord, what do you want to speak to me about? But what's happening in the early church is God's people are gathered together, and every time they gather, man, people come, and people are like, who is this Jesus who can do miracles? He can, he can raise the dead. He can heal the sick. And these people gather and every time there's a gathering of people, there's religious leaders and persecution and other things that happen that people say, I don't like what you're saying. And so they try and shut them down. And so that's exactly what's taken place here uh, in Acts chapter five. God has just moved in power and people have been healed and multitudes have been saved. They've given their lives to Jesus. They've become, just as the title of our series says, followers of the way. And they begin following Jesus, who is the way and the truth and the life. Jesus said, I'm the only way to heaven. I'm the only way to the Father. And so these followers of the way, they, they, they have a great assembly. There's amazing things that happen. But then there's, some, then there's something that happens. There's a bump in the road. And there's a trial that's about to take place. Acts chapter 5, verse 17. If you have a Bible at home, pull it out. You can read along with me. It's going to be on the screen. We're going to read a big old section of Scripture here. So it's all right, we're gonna read it. Here we go. Acts 5.17 says this. But the high priest rose up and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them into public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go and stand in the temple. Don't just go and stand, but speak to the people. All the words of this life. He continues and says in verse 21, and when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now when the high priest came, those who were with him, uh, they called together the council, all the senate of the people of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison. So they returned and reported 
We have found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now, when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them. They're like, what just happened? There was a prison break. Wondering what this would come to. And someone came in and told them, look, the men whom you put in prison, they're not there anymore. They're standing in the temple and they're teaching the people. And when the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force this time, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. See, hardship comes to the people of God in this season of time in human history. There's a hardship that comes, but then God steps in. And I just want to say that every time we invite Jesus into our story, things change for the good. And this is a season where they find themselves being persecuted and literally thrown in jail. And as they are there, an angel of the Lord comes to break them out. This is an amazing story. By the way, I'd love to see this turn into like a, a movie. You know, we'd have like Jack Bauer, and I don't know who would be in it, but, but you know, we'd have somebody good in it. But this is like a prison break. It's an amazing moment that happens. But hardship comes. But when God steps in, everything changes for the good. And these followers of the way, these early followers of Jesus, they weren't afraid of the things that the world would say to them or do to them, for they knew that their God could do the impossible, that the same Jesus who had raised Lazarus from the grave, the same, the same God who had empowered uh, miracles to take place by their own hands, this wasn't too big for God to handle. This wasn't impossible, though in their own selves, I mean, just think about it. You get arrested, you're thrown in shackles, and you're behind the bars, and there's, there's walls around you, and there's armed guards keeping, making sure you can't get out. This is an impossible situation. It's impossible for them to fathom getting out. But I just want to say, there's nothing that can ever stop the will of God for your life. There's nothing that can ever stop the will of God for your life. What God has purposed for your life, he's going to accomplish. There's nothing that can stop uh, his purpose from prevailing in your life. And I just want to say this to somebody that's listening today. There's nothing that can stop God's love for you either. Sometimes we short circuit and, and second guess the grace of God. Maybe you're this morning from wherever you are saying, I would never set foot in a church because I'm not sure I'd be welcome there. By the way, church came to you today. And this is the good news that there's nothing that can ever stop God's love for you. He loves you, period. And that is the message of this Easter season. See, Jesus, uh, the, the Bible declares this about Jesus and God's great love for us. In Romans 8, 38, it says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Friend, there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. There's no, ain't no mountain high enough, right? Ain't no river low, right? There's no place you can go that you can run from God's presence and not be loved by him. And this is the good news of Easter that though you may feel separated and distanced socially from so many people, by the way, I hate that phrase. It's physical distancing. We don't need to be socially distanced. We can still have friendships. We can still have relationships and conversations. We just can't be proximate, proximally close to one another. We gotta stay back. But 
Some of us, we feel separated from God. And I just want to tell you, there's nowhere you can go where God is not. He's right with you in your living room, in your, on your couch, in your bedroom, wherever you're watching this from, uh, at whatever time of the day that you're watching this, God is with you. Easter Sunday, we call it Easter. Many Christians around the world just call it Resurrection Sunday. This is the day, it's our reminder that nothing can stop God's plan of redemption for our lives. What the enemy has intended for evil as he uh, conspired against Christ, God had a plan. And nothing can change, nothing can subvert, nothing can stop God's plan of redemption for you. Easter is the day we remember the fact that though Jesus died, now he's alive. I love my boy, this on the video, he said, Jesus was dead, but now he's alive. I love that. And that's the truth, my friend. He's alive. And Jesus says, there's dead things in you. you. You've all been part of a spiritual death. He wants to bring you to newness of life, to raise you to life. But more than just that, there's dead areas and dead dreams. And some of us, we have dead hope because of circumstances that we've been through. And the Easter message is the reminder that God can take impossible circumstances, impossible odds, and do something good with them. That he can raise to life those things that which were dead. And God is unstoppable. His purpose is unstoppable. His plan is unstoppable. And his love for you is unstoppable. Friends, I want you to hear this and believe this deeply within you that God cannot be stopped. Sometimes people look at what's happening in the church and they're like, it's such a shame that the church can't gather in buildings all across our land. And I say, yes, it's a shame. But you know what? God's not going to be stopped. You're listening to this message today from wherever you are. And I believe that God is intended. He knew this day would come and he knew you'd hear this word. God loves you. He's made a way for this word to get to you. And we call it hardship, we call it trial, but God's purpose, his plan is unstoppable. And here too in this story that we read in the, the book of Acts, we see that the early followers of Jesus, they found themselves in an impossible situation. They're in, in a prison cell, chained up, guarded. They're at the will of the men that are holding them captive. Some of y'all feel like you're at the will of the men holding you captive too, right? I've seen you. You know, you're in your house and you want to get out. You know, you're waiting to get outside. You feel like, man, I'm, I'm trapped in here. Let me out. Some of y'all just need to say amen where you're at right now. But, but, but there's no prison cell that can hold you back from doing what God wants you to do and being what God wants you to be. God is unstoppable. And his love for you is unstoppable. See, for many of us, and I'm not just talking about because of the circumstances we find ourselves in, but there's things that sometimes we feel like we're stuck into. I can feel like I'm stuck in the, the, the consequences of my mistakes. Many of us have made mistakes. We've failed. We've let down our family. We've let down our friends. We've let down God. We've let down society. We've hurt people. We've done things that we're ashamed of. And sometimes we can feel like we're trapped just want to let you know, God has a plan of redemption. And there's consequences sometimes we got to go through in life. But that never, ever will short-circuit your ability to come to God. 
No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've gone through, nothing will separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Galatians 5.1 tells us that, that Jesus came to give us freedom. It says, it says this in Galatians 5.1. It says, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And then it says, just a little bit later, in, in John, actually in a different place, John's gospel, Jesus says, so if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Friends, Jesus came to purchase your freedom, but we gotta live as if we are free, not submitting to a yoke of slavery. I think of it this way, for these early followers of the way, God sent his angel it says, uh, the angel of the Lord came and he opened the doors and he made a way for them to escape. But here's what we do sometimes. God opens the door. He makes a pathway to freedom. But then we stay in our cell. Say, I deserve to be here. Poor me, right? We, we stay stuck. And God says, I, it's for freedom that I've set you free. I want you to stand firm in your freedom. And Jesus came to bring freedom, and that's exactly what he did here. The second thing I want to say is that there's no barrier in your life too big for God to overcome. There's nothing that, that, that stands between you and God that's too big for him to overcome. What does it say in verse 19? These guys were in prison, but during the night, an angel of the Lord, he opened the prison doors. Some of y'all are standing with locked doors in front of you. You're locked in. Your husband, your wife, they won't let you go outside because it's dangerous, right? But, but God says, the angel of the Lord is going to open prison doors. Some of you are imprisoned to your old ways of life, maybe to an addiction, maybe to sin, maybe to some other thing. Maybe it's to your shame. As I said on Friday night as we celebrated Good Friday, Jesus bore our shame. He bore our guilt on the cross. So God says, I want to take that from you. I want to take that burden of weight from you. There's no barrier too big for God to overcome. The same God that overcame the grave can overcome anything in your life as well. I shared this again on, on Good Friday. John 6, verse 40 says this. It says, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on that last day. Jesus says, this is what happens. God's will is for you to be close in an abiding relationship with him, to know him personally and intimately. And here's the pathway. There's not 12 easy steps. There's just one step. He says, everyone who looks on the Son and believes. We look to Jesus as our Savior. He died in your place for your sins and mine. And all we have to do is put our faith in Jesus Christ to come home to God, to say yes to his free gift of grace. That's all we've got to do to be saved. There's no barrier that's too big if we'll come to God. See, God's will for your life is that you would have a relationship with him. I love what the Bible describes our first parents, Adam and Eve, as they, it describes them in this relationship they had with God, that they walked with God in the cool of day in the Garden of Eden. And it reminds me of just such a beautiful picture. And God says, I want that sort of close and abiding relationship with you as well. And I've made the way for you to come home. And it's through my son, Jesus. For some of you today, today might be the day of salvation. 
Today might be the day that you decide uh, that you respond once and for all to God's free gift of grace and mercy. You say, Jesus, I want to look to you. Everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. Today might be the day for you to do just that, to look to Jesus and to give your life to him. And in a few minutes, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray, to invite the Lord Jesus into your life and to become a follower of this way called Christianity, called following Jesus. Uh, I want to give you an opportunity in a few minutes to do just that. But before we do, there's something else that it's important for us to understand. See, see, God doesn't just call us to, to put our hope and trust in him. He doesn't just save us from something. But the scripture declares over and over again, and the resurrection message and the, the words that we read in Acts gospel, or the, the, the book of Acts, tell us clearly that God saves you from something for something. In other words, God didn't just save you from your sin so that you can just go sit on the couch, right? Some of y'all are like, I'm sitting on the couch right now watching church, pastor. That's okay, all right? But, but God didn't just save you to be a spectator in the kingdom of God. Sometimes we have that perspective, and this season has caused a lot of us to spectate, to feel like, I just gotta sit on the couch and watch Netflix and watch Disney Plus or whatever I'm doing, right? And there's a place for relaxation. There's a place for rest. But God says, I've saved you from something for something. I've saved you from your sin for a purpose. There's things that I want to accomplish in your life and through your life. And that's exactly what takes place as the angel of the Lord comes to these men as they're in prison. He opens the prison doors and he brings them out. And then he says, go sit on the couch and relax. No, that's not what he says. He doesn't say, hey, after you've been saved, I want you just to go on a book tour and just tell everyone what happened and, and just, just live out this moment forever. No, he says, I have something for you to do. And I believe the God of heaven has something for you to do as well, that he saved you from something for something. And this is an important distinction. See, there's, there's something that God wants us to do. He's called you to fulfill a purpose and a plan for your life. See, many of us have gifts. Some of y'all are gifted musicians. Some of you are gifted artists and painters and sculptors. Some of you are gifted doctors or nurses. Some of you are gifted teachers and communicators. And whatever the gifting, it doesn't matter. But what matters is that God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. And as God has gifted you for things, there's reason he's put gifts within you. He says, I've made you, I've saved you from something for something. That's why I know many of our, on our dream team are just chomping at the bit to get back to serving the Lord with their gifts because they're like, I don't want to sit on the couch. I want to go do what God's called me to do and made me to do. But I think about Michelangelo, uh, possibly one of the most famous, most notable Renaissance artisans. Uh, in fact, by many accounts, one of the greatest artists, if not the greatest artist of all time. Uh, he was a sculptor and a painter of course, we know of his work, the Statue of David and the Sistine Chapel and painting the roof, an incredible artist. And he did amazing things on his own right, for sure. But what I love is there, there's several quotes from his life. Because he was an artist that, that, that wanted to give and devote what God had given him with gifts to do something for the glory of God. And he says this, uh, you know, there's, there's a saying in art, art for art's sake. But he would say this. This was a quote from late in his life. He said, neither painting nor sculpture will be able any longer to calm my soul. 
It might have calmed me, it might have soothed me, it might have made me feel like I was fulfilling my purpose, but none of those things can fulfill my purpose. They won't soothe my soul. He goes on to say this, now turn toward that divine love that opened his arms on the cross to take us in. What's he saying? He's saying that that there's some that look to what they do for fulfillment. And so in seasons like this where some of us can't work, some of us can't fulfill the, the things that we love to do, we feel like, man, I'm not doing anything. But God says, I wanna give you a deeper purpose. And if you'll look to the sun, you'll find a purpose that will sustain you, that will bring joy and peace to your life like nothing else could. And that's exactly uh, what Michelangelo, not the, not the Ninja Turtle, the artist would have said. Uh, he understood that even pursuing his passion and his purpose was devoid if he wasn't also pursuing God. See, because we can go through the motions and do all sorts of amazing things in this life, but our lives were made for an abiding and intimate relationship with our creator God. And so we can go through all those things and, and do great things on earth, but if we do it without God, it lacks purpose, it lacks the meaning that God intended for it to have in our lives. See, the disciples weren't free just to sit on the couch. They were freed with a purpose. And I just want to read, uh, and we're almost done here. I want to read these last words in verse 20. The angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out, and he said these words. He said, go and stand in the temple and speak. He says, I want you to go, and I want you to stand, and I want you to speak. I want you to go out into the, the place where you are from, and I want you to take a stand for the things of God, and I want you to speak of what God's done in your life. I want you to go, and I want you to stand, and I want you to speak, he says to these followers of the way. Friends, I believe that the Lord Jesus would utter those words to us this morning. As we are scattered, sometimes we feel like there's no way God knew this was coming. He knew it was coming. I don't believe it's by mistake or by accident at all that God's church is scattered across our land on Easter Sunday. I believe the word of the Lord to you this morning is I want you to go. And I want you to stand and I want you to speak. I want you to go into the places, uh, live in your neighborhoods. And, and yeah, sure, you, you gotta be confined and you can't go out and, and go out to parties or go to the beach or go surfing or go to the lake or do some of the things that you wanna do. But I want you to go where I've sent you and I want you to take a stand for me. And I want you to speak. When your neighbors wonder why you're not freaked out like the rest of the world is freaked out, you can say, it's because I've got a hope that Jesus is here with me, that God's got a plan for my life, that God is still here and he's never left me, he's never forsaken me. And I took all my burdens, I took all my worries. Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. And so that's exactly what I did. I brought my worries to Jesus. I was anxious, I was stressed out. My world got turned upside down just like yours. But you know what I did? I'm not perfect, but I serve a God who is. And I'm not always free of anxiety, but when I feel anxious, I bring those things to the Lord because Jesus says, I want to take your burden. I bore it on the cross. So he says, go and stand and speak. One of my favorite scriptures in all the Bibles, Ephesians 8 through 10, and it tells us, it reminds us of this truth that first of all, we're not saved by what we do. But God has saved us from something for something. It says this in Ephesians 2, 8. It says, for by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. 
We don't save ourselves by our works. Verse 9, he says, not a result of works, so that no one can boast and say, look how good I am. I'm more righteous and holy than you are. No, we're saved by Jesus Christ. For we are his workmanship. Friends, you are the workmanship of God Almighty. You are the craftsmanship, the masterpiece of God. He's like a master artist informing you and making you to be the sort of person he wants you to be. It says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, friends, God has created you with a purpose. He's created you with, with gifts and abilities and talents. He's set you up with experiences and opportunities to learn things. And God says, I haven't done that and sent you through all that you've been through just so you can sit on the couch and watch as others do for me. God says, you're saved not by what you do. So don't get worried about that. You don't have to perform for God to earn his approval. We just have to receive it through faith in Jesus but I've saved you from something for something. And just like these followers, they were set free from the prison cell, set free from captivity, and then God says, now that you're free, go and stand and speak. See, friends, you don't have to be a pastor, you can be a doctor, you can be a mechanic, you can be a, whatever it is God sent you to do, but go and stand and speak. I can share what God has done in my life. See, God has prepared works for you. He's opened doors for you. And I just want to say this to somebody. What the devil meant for evil in your life, God can work for good. God can work the things that the devil meant for evil in your life. He can work it for the good. Sometimes those trials we go through are just, just testimonies of how God carried me through. And what the devil meant for evil in this season, God meant for good. God can work it for good. Many of you are familiar with the scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. God reminds us that there's trials that may come in our life. There's things that may happen that, that, that don't hit us the way we expect them, that don't go exactly according to our plan. I've shared this with our team many times, but doing Easter online is not our plan A or B or C, uh, but it's, it's what God intended, it's, and we trust God with the process. And what the devil meant for evil, God can work for the good. This is what it says in Romans 8, 28, after talking about how we sometimes are gonna face trials and we're gonna have weaknesses and things that we don't know how to get through on our own. He says, for we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. See, wherever you're listening to uh, this message from this morning, I just wanna let you know, there's nothing that can stop God. There's nothing that, that can stop God's plan for your life and the things he wants to accomplish and do in you and through you. See, nothing can stop God. The Roman government stood up and tried to put down Jesus and they nailed him to a cross and then they put him in a tomb. But the, the Roman Empire couldn't stop Jesus and what he wanted to accomplish. Persecution in the early church and even persecution in our land and, and in our world today can't stop the plan of God for you. I'm just gonna say this, COVID-19 can't stop God's plan for you. Not even death can hold back God's plans of redemption and what he wants to accomplish. I wanna pray for you right where you are. It doesn't need to be strange or weird, but I, I wanna pray that the Lord would speak to you and, and allow you to walk in freedom in this season uh, and especially as we remember Jesus' resurrection. So you can pray with me right where you are. Father, we thank you 
God, we thank you that you are the God who brought salvation to those of us who never earned it or deserved it. God, we thank you that you made eternal life available to each and every one of us. And God, I believe that you want to remind everyone listening within the sound of my voice that there's nothing that can stop your purpose, God, for our lives. There's nothing that can stop your love for us. No sin too big. No valley too wide. And this morning, some within the sound of my voice are needing to to come home to the God of heaven. And the God of heaven is inviting you to come to him, to return home to him, to receive God's free gift of grace. I wanna pray with you in just a moment if that's you, uh, if you wanna respond to the Lord Jesus. But for many of us that are walking with Jesus, I believe this morning is a reminder, first of all, that there's nothing too big for God. Some of you are facing hurdles and obstacles and battles and you're struggling with things that you don't know how to get through or how to get around or how to get under, or how to get around or whatever. We can't get past them. It's impossible for us. The, the heaven, the God of heaven wants to remind you there's nothing is impossible with God. And for some, the Lord has reminded us that he saved us not just from something, but for something. Today, Lord, I pray that you'd remind us of that truth that you'd help us to be a people of purpose, that you would reveal to us by the power of your Holy Spirit the purpose for which you've made us. God, we, we invite you to help us to discover our purpose, that we can no longer be spectators, but we can be members of the team on the field. And perhaps this morning, you've never received the Lord Jesus, you've never responded to his free invitation the Bible says it very clearly. If you look to the Lord Jesus and believe in him, you'll have eternal life. There's no formula. You don't have to give. You don't have to serve. You don't have to do for God. All you have to do is receive it by faith. If that's you today and you've never said yes to the free gift of God's grace, you've never responded to the Lord Jesus and said, Jesus, I want to follow you just as these people were followers of you the way. I want to follow you too, Jesus. If that's you, you can just pray this prayer right from where you are. God is with you in your living room or wherever you're listening. Father, I thank you for sending Jesus. I thank you that he died on the cross in my place for my sins. And I thank you that, that death couldn't hold him, that you raised him from the grave. And you give to me the gift of eternal life. I look to Jesus as my Savior and Lord. I want to follow you, Jesus, all of my days. Amen. Amen. Well, I want to thank you this morning for joining us for Easter Sunday 2020. I know that it's an unusual Sunday. It's an unusual way to gather. But from wherever you are this morning, I want to thank you. If God did something good in your life, and uh, we would love to hear about it. We'd love to pray with you. Maybe you responded and said yes to the Lord Jesus today. You can comment in our live stream and someone will message you with more information and, and pray with you. Um, but you can also fill out one of our connect cards on our website at newheart.us slash connect. And we'd love to know that God did something in your life. Um, and so please let us know and God bless you. Come back next week. We're gonna continue this message and talking about how nothing can stop God. And so I wanna encourage you don't make this a one-time thing. Join us again next week, 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. God bless you. Have a great Easter Sunday, and we'll see you again soon.